Okay, good morning, everybody. Hope everybody is well. Happy Tuesday to everybody who is here. Thanks so much for being here. Another day of the boost. I'm getting trickling zins of people that are that didn't realize that we're back on. So uh, if you're here for the first time, thanks so much for being back. Yesterday, we started to have this, con- well, we, we continued a conversation that we started yesterday about the concept of gamifying your life, how games really are synthetic traps for your psyche. Your mind needs things to feel satisfied. Your mind needs to feel good at the end of each day. God created your mind to work in a certain way because he's gearing you towards something. There's a reason, I believe, why you naturally want to be a master at something. Because that's how you're going to become good at life. That's an amazingly healthy psychological principle. Wow, that's amazing. Somebody has mastery as one of their psychological needs. That's a big gift. That's a big gift. That means that you are naturally programmed to get better in life and not worse. The problem is that the world will give you things to get better at that don't really have a lot of meaning. That's the challenge that we have to navigate through. And this is the challenge that we've been talking about called good to great. The world will give you a problem. Sports. And I love sports. So I don't mean to pick on it. Or, or materialism of any sort. Name it. There's a new thing now. And it's not new, but like foodies. We have self-proclaimed foodies, right? What is that? Well, a long time ago, you just ate food. But then the world became so full of stuff that now food becomes the sport. I'm not judging it. I'm just calling it out. And so you can watch food competitions just the way you used to watch sports competitions. So ESPN's got basketball. And then on the next network, it's got, you know, top chef. It's just, we can take anything and just gamify it and then make you crazy about it, and then make it obsessive. And then if you grow in that area, you feel like you're accomplishing. So if you go from, I don't really know anything about food, to I'm sitting at a fancy restaurant and drop tons of money to eat very little food, but I feel like my palate is being satisfied by the various tastes that is coming in, you feel accomplished. And maybe you are accomplished. Maybe it's just what you do for a living. God bless you. God should give you any way you want. And by the way, it's awesome. You make people happy and it's all good. I'm just saying you could take anything, turn it into the middle of some competition, gamification, and then our lives become centered around the accomplishment and the mastery of that thing. Whatever it is, whatever the game is that we've, we're now making up games. And I don't know if you do this. I did this growing up like crazy. We used to, I remember I grew up in Brooklyn. I'll never forget this. We used to go in the synagogue that we went to. We had like eight or nine, like super close friends. We could not sit in service. It was, I mean, we were like, forget it. We used to go downstairs and the, the shul, the synagogue had a huge social hall. And we used to like figure stuff. We didn't have a ball. We couldn't bring ball, ball of us to shul. It would have been like, my father's not letting me bring a ball with me. You crazy. So you sit next to him, then you gotta go to the bathroom, then you come back, then you go to the bathroom. After a while, he's like, all right, whatever. And like all my friends, like one by one, like sneaks out, sneaks out, sneaks out. And you get like an hour while they're still doing their thing. 
And like, you know, we're looking around. I don't know. We found a sock. We found like two cups. You know what I'm saying? Like we found some like pipe. And the next thing you know, we're having like the most intense game of like sock baseball that we made up. We made up the rules five minutes earlier. Literally. That's what we're talking about the whole day. We're sweating. We're, we're, we're trash talking. We're, we're mad at each other because I was safe on the fake base in sock baseball. And then the next week, someone brings the sock in. He goes to shul with like two socks, takes off one in the bathroom, ties it up in a knot. And next day, in, and now our lives, for those who were with me then, if you're listening, was sock baseball. I think that's like, you know, that was the sport of like, you know, my, my 12th year of life. Whatever it is, just stick it in the middle and it becomes something. There was no concept a couple of years ago that you posted on in social media and you tracked people, how many people like what they had to say. That was unheard of. Now it's, it's competition. Who can get more likes? Your, the value of your video, the value of your post is not based on your content. It's based on the reaction to your content. You can say the greatest thing in the world, but if nobody likes it, we devalue it. It's the new sport. That's the good. Just we have to recognize it here and, and try to see it in your own worlds. Try to look for it. Look for things that weren't gamified a couple of years ago that are now fully gamified. And people now are willing to sacrifice time and resources to be more accomplished in the thing that just a few years ago didn't even really exist at this level. So it's good because you are satisfying a need called mastery. The alternative would be giving up. At least if you're going and doing these things, it's better than sitting home and not doing it. At least if you're on the side of accomplishing and becoming more of a master of something, that's a hundred times better than giving up. And I know people, I'm sure you knew people as well, that they just, either they're so overwhelmed with all that's going on that they just can't, or they're giving up. Or that they're, they've used destructive things to gamify Or they're using destructive things because they're losing the game. We had a guy on the show on the Shabbat show maybe like six months ago. Incredible individual. So real, so raw. Who, who was addicted to alcohol. I think it was alcohol. And he said what got him going was that he was in competition with everybody else who was in his community vis-a-vis wealth. And he was losing the game and he couldn't handle it. Tremendously honest, but happens all the time. So this mastery thing is real. We got to get better at life and our brain to provide us the nutrients, so to speak, so that we feel good psychologically, we'll do something. It'll either go after something that we can do regardless of the value of the thing 
and then circle our lives around it until we wake up one morning and go, wait, I've done what my whole life? This happens a lot. We don't get it. We can spend hours on this. We can spend hours on guys. I'm going to say guys because I'm sure there are women like that as well, but I've only spoken to guys about this who have spent the majority of their lives stepping on everybody, including their family, to wealth, to only achieve wealth, turn around and have nobody behind them. They took the dollar bill and put it in the middle of their game. And that was their only game they played. And they stepped on everybody. And people pretended to like them because they wanted their money. But as soon as either that got that went away or the kids got old enough or whatever, what happened? He didn't, he didn't even realize it. He was gamifying money. As soon as we get to a point where we realize this concept of mastery is critical, it's going to give us the feeling that either it's by gamifying things, whether their things are valuable or not, or by watching other people achieve success in gamified areas and just living through them, or by giving up and then resisting the game. Deciding that you can't play the game because you're losing too badly. When you're in a world and you're in 12th place for long enough, you just, you just stop running. That's how it works. But what we don't realize is that's all in the area of bad, okay, surviving, good. That's the category of that. Great is when we tie mastery to something that is inherently valuable. When you take the internal desire for mastery and you line it up against things that maybe aren't as clear cut, the rules aren't as defined. And you line it up against things that value, that are valuable by themselves, things that have depth and meaning, things that will be on your eulogy, the things that people say at people's eulogies when the games are over, the things that are deep and timeless. When that gets put in the middle of the game, and you have to create a game around that, which maybe no one has created before for you. Maybe your relationships don't have clear cut rules. So it's so much easier to follow the Olympics and to have opinions on whether or not Simona Bales, what is that her name? Biles? Quit or didn't quit or she was good. And to talk about your own life and how many times in life you should have a conversation. Simona Biles, right? It, how many times you should have a conversation that you didn't because it's too hard. It's easy sometimes to gamify things that are clear cut. It's hard sometimes to take things that are, that are, that are challenging to gamify, but that are real. And you put that in your game. That's into the world of great. That's how you unify the mind, the body, and the soul.
and take the, the way your mind is programmed and you align it to what your soul wants. You don't take your soul and you suffocate it to give your body what it wants. Your body works for your soul. I was thinking about this today, this morning. I don't know what triggered this. About an individual that I knew that achieved so much, what we would call indulgence. Sometimes you have friends that have so much stuff. I don't know, so much stuff. And they never work for it, this, at least this person. I don't know what triggered me this morning to think of him. He's so, he has, I don't know anyone that indulged, indulges in the world more. Access to everything. I mean, I can't even begin. And I was just thinking about him. I was praying for him because I, he's so unhappy. He's so unhappy because his body is in charge. He's such a good guy. Such a good guy. The body takes you to the ground and says, put your head in the ground and indulge. Your soul lifts you to the heavens and says, be above this world and elevate all. Your soul makes you feel like everything is elevatable elevatable your soul makes you take the most mundane things in life and give the meaning and purpose your soul goes through the highs and the lows of this world and in the highs modulates you so that you don't lose yourself and your ego and in the lows elevates you so you don't get lost in the sadness your soul is your window into the into a world that's timeless and throughout our day, we have the opportunity to use our bodies to tap into something deeper. But we got to use our minds for that reason. And when we realize that mastery is a God-given gift that I'm going to either use for things that are invaluable and timeless and then get them. You see, the beautiful thing about mastery is that it's already a built-in nutrient. So when you're working towards mastery, your body, your mind is like self-generating a momentum. I remember growing up, on, uh, uh, Sunday was like 100 degrees. So I went to visit a buddy of mine upstate. It was 100 degrees. So we were playing ball. I haven't played ball in a long time. So we were playing ball outside. And we're walking back, pretending like as if we were younger than we were. It's okay. If you play, if you play against people your own age, you still have in your head you're being younger because you're, st you're still just as good. Just you can't play with anybody younger than us. That's the rule. As you grow older, you have to stay with the people that are your age so that you continuously, you know, you're slower, but they're slower. So now you think you're faster. You know how that works? Or older, right? You never play with people that are younger than you. It's just, it's just bad psychologically. So you were talking on the way back about what it was like, you know, it was 100 degrees growing up. What's the first thing you have when it's 100 degrees? A lot of people, when it's 100 degrees, what's the first thing they do? They, they, go, into, they go into air conditioning, right? Or, or water. When it's 100 degrees, my inclination, my first thought, when I walk out of the house, 100 degrees, first thought is I miss playing ball. 
Because when I was a kid growing up, this camp was 100 degrees. We went to the court and played for six straight hours. And the hug of the humidity was just your friend on the court. And the guys that did it know exactly, and the women, whatever, the sports player that did it, they know exactly what I'm talking about. That's how we grew up. Summers, ball, 100 degrees. So my brain is thinking, oh my God, it's ball. And a friend turns to me and goes, man, we worked so hard for nothing back then. I'm like, not for nothing. Ball was everything to us. Like, ball was your, when I grew up, ball was, was your, was your, was the, in the middle of your game. The, the gamification of my youth was, had a basket, had an orange basketball in it. So when I was done playing six hours of ball, I shot, you know, 50 shots just to make sure that my shot was still, you know, was, was, was growing. When I woke up in the morning and I was just randomly walking plus some places, I just dribbled. It was who I was. Once I put the basketball into the center of my game, it didn't feel like work when I was exerting myself physically because my mind wrapped itself around the concept that that ball is your path towards mastery. And so the work, the exhaustion didn't feel like work. It wasn't because it was a sport. If you would have given me another sport, I'd be going out of my mind. If you would just take the ball away and I'd have to run up and down the court, they're called suicides. At least when I grew up, they were called them suicides. We couldn't do more than five. You take a ball out of our hands and you run, you run the people up and down the court 10 times, they're exhausted. They're falling apart. You put a ball in their hand, they run up and down the court 100 times. They're like, let's keep on playing. What changed? It's not the exhaustion. It's not the sport because the runner would do it. But the guy who plays hockey wouldn't. And the person whose mastery is, is commentating, com, commentate, comment, what, what's the word? being the commentator, commentating, he's exhausted by watching it. So how come a guy can get in a court and play for 10 hours and not worry about it? It's too hard, but sits down in a classroom and he does math for six minutes. He's like, I'm so tired, I'm going to fall apart. Because he's put or she's put in the middle of his mastery circle of all. And as your brain orients around that as your path to mastery, your brain stops seeing physical exertion as a negative. It starts to see the physical exertion as a positive. It sees it as the path to your mastery. For some people, if I asked them to walk into a synagogue and open up a, a prayer book, they'd go out of their minds. But if I said every page you turn is $10,000, just stick, stick through this. At the end of the day, you're going to have a bag of cash for five. They're going to turn pages. They'll be dancing every page because the center of the thing is cash. So every page, the exertion of a page gets them closer to their goal, which is the accumulation of cash. And for some people, the center of their book is a connection to God. So every page, it's not the only way you connect to God, but for this person, every page you turn is a deep, they're going out of their minds dancing. What's the difference? They're both turning pages. The difference is what's in the middle. The world gives us stuff to put in the middle. 
That's how we become slaves to our environment. They, they hand us what's in the middle of our game and says, good luck. And next thing you know, we're killing ourselves for something that really society handed us as a value. Change. If you get to the, the, the belly of the beast, change is what's in the middle of your circle. What's the object of your mastery? What's the thing you want to master by the time you're, you're done with this earth? And how clearly is that the priority? Because once that becomes clear, the exhaustion and the exertion that is going to be required to get there doesn't feel like work. Your brain goes, let's keep on going. We're almost there. This is our point of mastery. Okay, we'll talk about this. I think it's 920 already. All right, everybody. Think about this. Let's continue this conversation. What's in your circle? I'm going to think about that today for me. Think about that for you. What's in your circle? Because that's what you're drawn towards. All right. Have a wonderful day with God's help. I cannot wait to see you again tomorrow. Tomorrow. Have a good day.